Praise the Lord, saints of God. Amen. Well, I want to get something out of the way up front right now. Because I like having friends. And I've learned this makes people like you. You may be seated. I didn't always get that. Man, when I first started preaching, Daddy'd have to remind me. I'd be I'd be ready to call the altar call and still hadn't told anybody to sit down yet. Y'all glad to be in church? Revolution conference. I look around at all of the the work that's been done. So much of it in just the last 90 days. And uh, I'm, I'm staring down 40 years old. And I look at Brother Spell just ahead of me at 42, I believe. We'll keep it at two and something. And I'm just going to tell you, I am amazed and thankful to God for his vision and his ability to take vision and make it become reality. It's one thing to have really good ideas. It's one thing to have God ideas. It's another to take those things and put them into practice and make them reality for the rest of us. And I want to say I'm grateful for where we're standing tonight. I'll tell you where we're not. We're not in a swamp. We're not covered up in garbage. There are no mosquitoes in here. (laughs) We do have air conditioning. Man, I'm grateful. I was thinking about all the work that had to be done on, on... this facility that you're in, it didn't have the roof that it has now. It didn't have the lighting that it has. It didn't have those amazing see-through walls. Talk about a sunroom. They know how to do it. They had Life Tabernacle, man. But I was thinking about all this work that we do on these buildings and tabernacles of the flesh. And I got to thinking of an old gospel song. We're apostolic. We didn't plan this, did we? You're grinning. You're scared. You're happy all at the same time right now. But you're Daniel Massey. You got this. And I don't know you. I want to know you because you got it too. By the way, next time, find some musicians and singers that know what they're doing. Y'all, do we have the best choir music that there's ever been tonight? bar none. The Bible says give honor where it's due. Now I'm worship. I'm worship with bad singers. Brother Spell, we've done it. I can dance with bad musicians. We've done it. But boy, don't it make it a whole lot better when they're really, really good. I was thinking about this work that we do on buildings, the tabernacle, and I thought, you know, the reason that we're here 
The reason we drove all of those hours and flew on all of those airlines and carried all of that luggage in those 15 pairs of shoes, ladies, can you say amen? Amen. Curler sets, plural, because apparently one ain't enough. Curling irons, plural, because apparently you, you can do it with two hands at the same time. We did all this and we came and it's because we're still working on this building. I'm working on a building. It's a sure foundation. And I'm holding up the blood stain. And I'm for my The blood stain Banner for my Lord And when I get through working On this whole building I'm going up to heaven To get my We're in church. Didn't y'all hear? The world's ending. We got a we got a COVID thing on. They're not gonna shut us down. They're not gonna shut down the church. We're gonna dance. We're gonna worship until the day he comes. Going up to heaven to get my talking about the humidity either. Do you all feel the power that's in this place? I'm not talking about hype. You can keep your hype. You can keep your strobing lights and your fog machines and your spa session worship. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the anointed power of the Holy Ghost. Somebody can be cured of cancer in this building tonight. Someone can be healed. We're going to baptize people in the name of Jesus. We're going to see people filled with the Holy Ghost.
it's their fault. They start changing all those chords and it just makes you just want to do stuff. You know why they say sometimes the musicians take over in a moment like that? Because some of them's got the Holy Ghost in there, so y'all ain't danced yet. And they're giving you another chance. You might as well unbutton that coat. Come on, somebody get your feet off the ground. We might as well start this party off the right way. people it don't matter how good the drummer is it don't matter how how messy the piano gets it don't matter if Jesus stepped into the room they still wouldn't shout but I'm going to tell you all something brother Spell said it if we're going to drive all these hours ladies if we're going to pack all them curling sets we might as well have something to shake down I want you to look at five people and tell them, if you're not dancing for Jesus before we leave tonight, you might want to check your pulse, because you is dead. Amen. We give all honor. We give all glory. We give all recognition and power to the one, to that matchless name of Jesus Christ. For there is salvation in no other name. To that name every knee shall bow. To that name every tongue shall confess. God in flesh, the Christ Messiah has come. We give you glory, Jesus. I want to give honor to this local assembly for getting behind the vision. No, that's not the correct phraseology. For sharing. For sharing in the vision. It's, it's no good if you just get behind it. you got to share it. It's no good to get down behind somebody else's burden. You need to get up under it with them. So I want to thank Life Tabernacle. For all of the work that you have done in the months leading up to this conference to make it what it is, we thank you. Amen. Amen. Give honor to my pastor. I wish he could be here tonight. 
I was thinking about him a moment ago because this is one of those moments where when I was 16, 17, just started preaching, just before he'd bring me to the pulpit, he'd get into my, my ear and he'd whisper, anybody could preach here. Because it was just so juiced. You know, everything was just so ready, so revved. Anybody could preach here. And I'd be, thanks? Question mark? Thanks, Dad. But I'm going to tell you, that's how I feel right now because God... God wants to do something powerful in this place tonight. Man, man, I give honor to all of the Spell family. Man, and all that they do here and have done here. I honor Brother Tim Spell, 50 years of ministry. That is a powerful, powerful testimony. I do not wish to belabor this anymore. I am fully aware that at this moment, I stand between you and the holy sacraments of food trucks and kayaking, all that other heavenly stuff that we're going to enjoy. Amen. If you've got your Bibles, we'll turn to the book of Hebrews chapter number 11. Amen. While you're turning to Hebrews chapter 11... We welcome all of our guests that are here with us tonight. If you are a uh, local member of this city or the surrounding area and you are visiting here with Life Tabernacle, we thank you for coming and we want you to come back and be in our weekly services with us Sunday morning, Sunday night, midweek, on Tuesday night, I believe, here at Life Tabernacle. We want you to come back not just for revolution camp meeting conference but we want you to come and enjoy some services with us in jesus name amen hebrews chapter 11 if you're there say amen you all know what this chapter is called it's the faith chapter and we know what it is it's the substance of things that we're hoping for it's the evidence of things that we've not seen yet verse 2 for by it the elders they did what Obtained a good report. Verse 4 says that by faith Abel did the things he did. Verse 5, by faith Enoch did the things he did. Verse 7, by faith Noah did what he did. Verse 8, by faith Abraham did what he did. Verse 11, through faith Sarah also did all the things that she did for the Lord. These all died in faith, verse 13, having... Not having received the promises, but having seen them far off. But they were what? They were what? They were what? Persuaded of them. And they, they embraced them. And they confessed that they were just, just passing through. Just strangers and pilgrims here. And people that talk like that, verse 14... People that say such things, they declare plainly that they seek a country. With the help of the Holy Ghost, I want to preach for just a little while on this subject tonight. Going the distance from declaration to liberation. Going the distance from declaration to liberation. Will you pray with me? And ask that the Lord would speak to us tonight. 
Somebody lift your voice and ask God to step down. Jesus. My God. Lord, give us wisdom and knowledge. Help us go out better than the way we came in. And let the church say, in Jesus' name. Amen. You may be seated. To declare a thing is to make it known. To state it clearly so that there is no question as to the authority and solemnity of the claim that's being made. To declare is to put forth in explicit and formal terms. To declare is to announce officially. To proclaim publicly, proudly, without reserve, without hesitation, without fear. It is to state a position or a belief and to do it emphatically or with force. To declare is to manifest or reveal, show the persuasion wherewith a conviction is held. Declarations are are statements that hold promised power. Power that has yet to be exercised. Power that has yet to be revealed. They are verbal and written oaths stated in no uncertain terms that the belief and the pronouncement is going to be carried out. Throughout human history, the catalyst for change has always been a resolute declaration, a firm resolve to stand up and change the status quo. A declaration has been born of a desire to improve and alter circumstances, and it carried in its wake the seeds of fundamental change and paradigm shifts in the entire thinking of societies. There have been declarations of emancipation. There have been declarations of the heart. There have been declarations of revolution. There have been declarations of love, of war, of determination. Indeed, in just a few days from now, this nation will celebrate its Independence Day, a day of renown. Thank you, Jesus, for it. I'm glad for where I live. All those people that want to leave America, let them. When they get there, they'll find out there ain't nobody that's got it better anywhere on earth, and we've got it right here. And they'll come crawling back. Please let us back. All across this nation, people will celebrate during the July 4th holiday. Some of them will think of a word like freedom. Some may remember concepts like oppressive monarchism and throwing off the chains of unjust despotism, things that we learned of in grade school. Many will relish over the idea of what it is to be American in the land of the free and the home of the brave. When the Continental Congress signed an iron pen on July 4th, 1776, they made plain their resolve in unambiguous language to overthrow a dictatorial law and tyranny. It was our declaration of... But for most, that's where the story of our nation's birth ends. Let the grill outs start. May the hot dogs and the barbecue chicken flow freely. Let's go to the lake. Let's take a vacation. This is how some treat also liberty in their walk with God. A powerful service. A camp meeting like we're blessed to be a part of now. A little bit of anointed rhetoric is shared. Emotions run high. Spirits soar. Declarations are made and people are ready to start the party. But that understanding is flawed from the get-go. What they do not know about spiritual warfare is what they know about the physical. While signing the Declaration of Independence was very exciting for our forefathers, it was bolstering and it was faith-boosting. At the end of the day, the Declaration was nothing more than words on a page without action to back it up. 
You need to know something else about the Declaration of Independence. It did not end a war. It started one. I'm just going to go ahead and get this out of the way right now. We're going to make some declarations at this camp. We're going to make some oaths, some promises. We're going to say some things out loud. But get ready because the enemy is going to hear about your declaration real quick. And you're about to start a war. What I want to know is, is it just words on a page, revolution conference? Or are we going to go home with the action to back it up? Is it just empty rhetoric and hoopla and excitement and hype? Or are we going to go home and live the life? Are we going to say we're ready for war, but not go home and do anything? I say if we're going to declare, we better be ready to stand shoulder to shoulder with the army of the Lord and do what's necessary. See, the fact of the matter is that a declaration in very plain and clear language is a wonderful thing, but it's only half of the equation. It must be married to a a firm, uh, resolute commitment, uh, a dogged determination uh, to see pledges and promises carried out to fulfillment. As the jailer asked Paul and Silas in the spiritual jailbreak of Acts 16, Sirs, what must I do to be saved? It becomes quickly, historically, spiritually evident when you look at examples like that throughout the word and throughout the history of mankind. There are associated costs with the freedoms that we enjoy. The political world has hedged most people into an unrealistic uh, fantasy comfort zone. Meanwhile, enemies of ours all over the world are arming themselves for terrorism and outright war on the liberties that we hold dear. And in the spiritual realm, the story is exactly the same. The religious spin doctors out there on the charismatic airwaves have superimposed their perspective over a real spirituality. And they have hoodwinked masses into believing that a declaration is all that's necessary. I accept the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal savior. First of all, let me declare plainly, we do not accept Christ. Christ accepts us. It was us who were the sinners. It was us who were the messes. It was us who were the mistake makers. It was us who fell short. Christ accepts us. Now that I've declared that, let me declare this. You can make the declaration all day long. I accept the Lord Jesus Christ as my personal Savior. But baby, you better have the gumption in you to back it up with a life of living what Jesus taught. You can say you accept him, but you've got to accept all of him. I'm listening for some apostolic young people that didn't just come for lip service, but that came for a word from God. And I am here to deliver that word to you. There is a distance. There is a cost. There is a gap to get from declaration to liberation. And you better know this now, and we've all learned it in 
Sunday school, maybe you forgot it. Maybe you need to be reminded, James, too. You believe there's one God? Good job. Good job. The devils also believe and they tremble. I want to say this. If declaring, I know that he is God. I know that he is powerful. I know that he is. If declaring that is enough to get you to heaven, be prepared to share a pew with Satan and all of his minions because they've got the very same declaration. They know who he is. They know he's the savior. They declare that he is the power and the glory. That's why they're scared. That's why they're doing everything they can to fight the church. That's why they're doing everything they can to try and shut us down. But I'm here. I'm here. I'm here to declare to hell tonight. Hell, you will not shut us down. You will not stop the church because we are going to go the distance from declaration to liberation. We will walk it. You can declare all you want, but I want liberty, not just words. I want freedom, not just ink on a page. I want anointing, not just a membership card. Baby, you sign up for the army of the Lord, you better be ready to pick up your weapon. You sign up for the army of the Lord, you better be ready to hold that shield. of. See, liberation is a release from control of a foreign or oppressive power. Declarations can't do that. But revolutions will. Revolutions of righteousness. Revolutions of prayer. Revolutions of holiness and separation. Revolutions in our worship services. Revolutions in our praise. Revolution in how we... It's not enough just to talk it here at camp. We got to go back home and live it in our schools. It's not enough to just talk about it here at Revolution. We got to go home and fight the battle in the hallways, in our part-time jobs, in our cities. Freedom has costs. Freedom has costs. Freedom has costs. And I felt that devil right then, just like the last time I preached it. Well, Jesus paid the ultimate cost. Let me tell you something about what Jesus did. Even people that get baptized in Jesus' name and filled with the Holy Ghost get tripped up right here. They think that's the end of their story of their liberation. Honey, Calvary. Acts 2.38 did not win liberty for you. It qualified you to run the race. I tell you what Calvary did. It put you on the starting block. I tell you what Holy Ghost filling did. It allowed you to start walking this walk. I tell you what Jesus name baptism did. It allowed you to join up into this. But now, now it's time to fight. Now it's time to press forward. This false doctrine, this trick, this lie 
of unconditional eternal security. Just listen to how silly that sounds. Eternity with no conditions. No wonder people are copping out to that belief. Because if they can confabulate long enough and convince themselves that it's the truth, then they look at us and say, y'all don't have to do all that. My friend, I'm just going to tell you right now, don't fall prey to that lie. That you can live like the devil Monday through Saturday and expect to go to heaven with Jesus on Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so so saying. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so declaring. Blessed is that servant whom his Lord, when he cometh, shall find so saying. You can say all you want. But what we got to get to is what are we doing for the kingdom? What are we doing to establish righteousness in our cities? What are we doing to maintain our own holiness and separation? What are we doing to maintain... That spiritual trick is just as false as it is in the protection of our nation. Just ask men and women who have risked their life and limb for the last 20 years fighting terrorism all over this planet. Freedom is not free. Now, I didn't come to talk politics with you. And my God, what a civics class we already had. I can't wait for tomorrow mornings. I think people ought to be reminded of how good we've got it. Hallelujah. But I need you to understand we did not win liberty on July 4th. We declared our intentions to fight for it. And what I'm preaching to you is when you got filled up with the Holy Ghost for the first time, baptized in Jesus' name, and when you get refilled at this conference, and you come down here and we all pray and snot and cry and shout and dance and roll in the floor together, you are declaring your intention. I'm not going to give up. I will continue to fight the good fight. What you need to know about the signing of the Declaration of Independence was that at that moment commenced one of the bloodiest, longest wars in U.S. history. Hostilities continued and battles were fought for seven more years after after the moment they said, we declare our independence. I want to know. I want to know, is there an apostolic next generation? I'm 40. I want to know, are there any 16, 17, 18, 19 year olds coming up behind me? They'll say, Brother Atkins, when you're 80 and I'm 60, if God hadn't come back, I'm still going to be fighting. I'm asking. Are there any 13-year-olds tonight who will tell me, Brother Atkins, if you make it to 80 and I'm 53 years old, I'm still going to be apostolic. 
costs, costs, costs. It's going to take some things to get there. We've got to have an unquestionable identity. You see, when you identify with a cause, that's the only way you will hold it as your own. If you're in this for somebody else, the first chance you have to go turncoat, you will. If you're in this for somebody else, the first chance you have to jump lines and join the other side, you will. But when his cause becomes your cause, when your pastor's cause becomes your cause, when your youth leader's cause becomes... When mama and daddy's church becomes your church. When this message becomes your message. It's mine. It's mine. It's real. It's real. I know it's real. This Pentecostal blessing. I know. I know it's real. But only when you identify it as yours will you be willing to fight for it. Those who do not identify with it will find it easy to change sides. They will get confused about where they stand. They will get confused as to which uniform they're supposed to wear. No, y'all don't want me to preach. Y'all don't want me to preach. Okay, I will. You asked for it. Tell your friend, you asked for it. Now, there's two things about an identity and identification with regard to our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. He said there's going to come a day when he comes back for a people. And many of them are going to say, Lord, Lord. Didn't we prophesy in your name? Didn't we cast out devils in your name? Didn't we do mighty works in your name? Didn't we identify with you? Jesus will look at him and say, maybe you did, but I never knew you. This thing goes two ways, baby. You can't just say, I identify with Jesus. You better be able to know that he can look down and identify you as his church. He's got to be able to, yep, that's one of them. Yep, that's one of them. Yep, there's one. There's another. Nope, not her. Not him. Yep, there's. You better look right. You better talk right. You better act right. You better pray right. It's not just about revolution camp. We got to live it in our hometowns. You can only go from declaration to liberation if you know him. Part of the way. Because you can only go all the way from declaration to liberation when he also knows you. And he can look at you and say, well done. Thou good and faithful servant. You were faithful over just a few things. I'm going to make you ruler over many things. 
There's some young people here wondering why some stuff hadn't been happening in their life like they've been wanting. It's because you don't have control of the things that God's already made you overseer of. But I hope before we get home from this camp, we won't just have a declaration, but we will have a liberation in our spirit that says, I will be the steward of my body. I will be the steward of my mind. I will be the steward of my eyes, of my ears. There's a third component about this identification. Some people think, God doesn't love me. God's mad at me. And I always find that they say that when they start fighting. And they don't understand it, but they're fighting because they're on the right track. And the enemy's fighting. I tell you when you need to worry. I tell you when you really ought to be fearful. I tell you when you really need to pick up the phone and call your pastor. It's when you say, man of God, I ain't fought a good devil in six months. Something's wrong. When hell isn't after you anymore, something's wrong. You better check which sides you're on. When hell's not chasing you anymore, you better check which uniform you're wearing. Because the enemy might think you're one of them. And the devil's no more into friendly fire than we are. So if you look like they do, and talk like they do, and act like they do, they'll be your buddies. And Satan will get you in all the trouble you want to get in. But if you want to serve God, start calling me up when people start. Why do you go to that church? You're on the right track. Why do you got to talk in tongues like you're on the right track? Why do you shout like that? You're on the right path. Why do you act so crazy about Jesus? I tell you, you're on your way from declaration, inch by inch, to liberation. All right, y'all told me to preach. This ain't no cookie cutter camp class, okay? I'm going to tell you something right now. Hell is hot and it's forever. I told God recently, I said, Lord, I ain't preached hell enough. I've preached pie in the sky and butterflies and unicorns more than I could care to remember. I'm tired of doing that. I'm going to tell people there is coming a day and there's only two reservations, smoking or non-smoking. There is coming a day and you're either going to go to heaven or you are going to burn. Every ounce of flesh on your body will go down to a cinder and ash and then your bone... And after your body is gone, if you don't make it, your spirit will remain there in that hellacious pit for all eternity. Begging, wishing you could start over and walk that path from declaration to liberation. I read recently where the prophet said that hell has enlarged herself. Her mouth's gaping wider than it's ever been before. 
And I got to wondering, Brother Spell, how many can hell hold? I'll tell you what I think. I think there's always room for one more. How many can hell hold? I think there's always room for one more. Young people, if I can't get you by talking about the goodness of the fight, then may I humbly connect with your eternal spirit by reminding you that you better make your calling and your election sure. You've got to make it sure. Not Jesus, not your pastor, not your youth leader. You have to make your calling and election sure. You do. You do. Oh, I got to hurry. Oh. Oh, my Lord. First Corinthians 3.13 says that every man's work, every man's work is going to be made manifest. And the day will declare it. The day will declare it. The day will declare it. Y'all not hearing me. You're going to make some declarations here. But that's not where the battle's won. It's going to be won when you go back. Because the day, the day, the day you go back to your school. The day you go back to that part-time job. The day you go back to that divided household. The day you go back to that stepdad that's drunk all the time. The day you go back to that mother who's a who's hooked on drugs. The day you go back to your town where they all know you go to that church. That day, that day is going to declare who you are. And I don't want you to just get jittered. I want you to get something down in your bones to where when you go home, you've got fire, fire, fire. Shut up in your bones. Listen. They say there's no party like a Holy Ghost party. Thank you, Brother Holmes. You might have been the first I heard say that. Welcome to the party. Yeah, yeah. But you need to know something about your salvation. It will not be the celebrations that define you. It will not be the easy peacetime living that develops you. It's going to be the trying of your faith that brings you out purified like gold. It will be the difficulties that determine your destiny. Y'all didn't hear me. Y'all didn't hear me. It won't be revolution conference that determines your destiny. We're just making a declaration here. It'll be what you choose to do with this when you get back. Are you just going to whimper and give in or are you going to fight? Are you just going to give in to Satan or are you going to fight? 
Are you going to give in to the easy believism of the charismatic world? Or are you going to fight for truth? Our shields are important. The shield of our faith. The shield of repentance. The shield of godly fellowship. The shield of the word. The shield of a prayer life. The shield of fasting. The shield of our apostolic camaraderie. You may be seated. Will my shield bearers that I asked please come forward? All my shield bearers, there should be six. Brother Copeland and three more. The Jace, Brother Malachi. Brother Kerber, there's six. All of you made it, thank God. Atlanta traffic's no joke. Now these handles, be careful with those handles on the back. I don't know how strong they'll be, okay? All right. Just be, uh, be sweet to them. <laughs> Treat it, try to keep it with your daddy's car, okay? No, my God. I said, treat it like it was your daddy's car. He said, tear it up. He might be the one I'm preaching to. We got six. Is that it? Is that it? Come on. Y'all up here. Y'all up here. Come on right up here. Yeah, thank you. I'm going to get you right here. Uh Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Three in the front, three behind. Uh Uh-huh, perfect. Yep. Brother, let me have you take the front line here because we got the jolly green giant here. We lost one already. All right, you're going to have to just hold it up high. All right. I'm going to talk about shields for a minute. Our shields are here to protect us from harm. Sometimes we look at things in our walk with God and we well, that's just trying to keep me from doing such and such. No, it's trying to keep such and such from getting into you. I just need to say that outright. In 1 Kings 10, 16 and 17, we read a story about Solomon and his 200 targets of beaten gold. And verse 17 says he made 300 shields, 300 shields of beaten pure gold. Three pounds of gold went into one shield. And the king put them in the house of the forest of Lebanon. I want to talk about those shields in relation to those shields that we have in the church today. Because when they are made of beaten gold and you put them in the forest of the house of Lebanon, these are shields which are nothing more than trophies. They are shields which are nothing more than bragging rights. These are the shields of faith faith which people like to talk about but never put into practice. They like to say, I'm whatever generation Pentecost, but you sure couldn't tell it by looking at them. These are nothing but souvenir shields to hang on a wall and have a remembrance of grandpa's battle. But they've never been in battle with it for themselves. They're nothing more than two-bit trophies. It's my shield, but I leave it at my house when I go to school. It's my shield, but it's just pretty Pentecost, really. And I, I don't really do all that stuff on the job. It's my church, as long as I'm standing in it. It's my, that's my pastor, but I don't listen to anything he says. This is my walk with God, but you ain't been walking for a year. 
This is my experience. But it's really your youth leader's experience. They're just pushing you on. They're just begging. Somebody need to hear what I'm preaching tonight. You know, people like the thought of shields, but not having to use them for what they were made for. They want to hang them on their wall of Christianity, but they want, don't want to take them down and get them scuffed up. They like the idea of the warrior, but not being one. I'm going to tell you, young people, middle-aged people, well-preserved people. I want to keep my friends tonight. I need my elders. Nobody without my elders, Brother Wilson. I need my elders. You are the giants upon whose shoulders I stand. Was that a good save? Okay, I saved myself there. Thank you, Jesus. I want to say something to every age group in this place. We better get a grit in us right now. Because the Bible tells us as we get closer to the coming of the Lord, things are not going to get better. The world is going to wax worse and worse. The church will grow stronger, but only for those in the church. If you've got one foot in and you've got one foot in Egypt, you're nothing but a whitewashed sepulcher. Beautiful on the outside, dead on the inside. We got to jump in this thing with both feet and be ready to fight whatever the fight is. Shields. Shields. A generation later, 1 Kings 14, Judah does evil in the sight of the Lord. And in the fifth year, the king of Rehoboam, Shishak, king of Egypt, comes up to make war against Jerusalem. And the Bible says that he goes in there to the king's house, into that house of the forest of the trees of Lebanon. And he took away all, somebody say all, all the treasures of the king's house. He even took away all. And there's a last part of the verse. And it's separate from everything else. And I think there's a reason. It's already said he took all the treasure. Did it say that? He took all the treasure. He repeats it. He even took it all away. But the last sentence says, He even took away all the shields of gold which Solomon had made. Let me tell everybody in this place that the greatest tragedy of a shield is a shield that's not by your side at all times. When you leave it at home, it's worthless. When you're having to borrow it from your pastor, it's worthless. When you've never fought with it, it's... So we got people in churches and youth groups 
They don't ever practice using the shield for when they'll really need it. They don't fast. They don't pray. They don't take part in all the activities that are going on in the church. They don't sing when everybody else is singing. They don't dance when everybody else is dancing. Oh, their dress is perfect. And their tie is resplendent. And their little apostolic male poof on the front. There ain't nothing like it. And her hair, my God, it's got more curl and volume than I've ever seen before. But she ain't never shouted it down in her life. And he ain't never sweated his tie off and he ain't never snotted his way all the way to the altar I'm going to tell you young people we better be the generation that is ready to fight we better be the generation that is ready to fight That's a different water bottle. Be seated. That's a different water bottle, isn't it? See what happens when you're not paying attention? The enemy will come in and take things. Y'all just better hear what I'm saying. And it'll be six months, a year, and all of a sudden you'll turn around. I can't even feel God anymore. It'll be six months a year and you've still got the shoes and you still got the suit and you still got the tie. You still got the Man, I spoke in tongues in six months. Keep the shield by your side. Let me talk about the uh the the Greek uh Aspis shield. Uh that orange fan there was about the size of one of the Greek Aspis shields. They were round. I know everybody can't see it, but that would, have, that would have been about the size, two to three feet across in diameter. And the Greeks made the... Y'all are excited, aren't you? Yes, sir. Uh-huh, me too. Me too. Y'all don't even know what you're about to do. It's going to be crazy. Uh, it was also called the, the hoplon, this, this round shield that they would use. And they made, they made, you can stay up here if you want, baby. We're having church. I like it. You may have to stay up around the altar. They made famous the shield formation of the, the phalanx where they would get in tight and you couldn't really see much. But the, uh, the Romans took this a step further. And they took that round shield and they developed it. They took it two feet taller two feet lower, a foot to the right, a foot to the left, and made it square. And they called it the scutum. Say that three times fast. All right, sounds good. And the difference is, now, you guys just take a little step down just about like this and get down behind that shield. You don't have to go all the way down, just get down behind it. Now you've got a shield that's covering every part of their body. Thank you. You may stand. Thank you. Get ready. Hope y'all got good knees. The Roman legion was famous for their military movement and they took the the Greek phalanx, took it a step further and created what the Romans called the testuro. The men on the front line would plant their shield on the ground. Thank you. And they would take a knee behind the shield. Thank you. 
the men behind them would raise their shield up for the bottom to overlap the perfect. Now what do you see? I tell you what you don't see. You don't see bodies. You don't see heads. You don't see arms and legs. You don't see all of that stuff that's so, so precious and so delicate. I want you to understand before you leave what we have in these earthen vessels. It is precious. It is delicate. And it don't take too many darts of the wicked to really get in and tear up the body of Christ when the body of Christ is not shielding itself with prayer. When it's not shielding itself with fasting. When it's not shielding itself with holiness. When it's not shielding itself with separation. When it's not shielding itself with godliness and righteous living. When it's not shielding itself with the word of God. The ancient chronicler Tacitus and a few key other historians of the day described both the Roman war cry called the Baratus. They would get in behind their shields and they would start to yell and behind that metal and it would begin to reverberate. They would do this before a spear had even been thrown, before a shield had even been hit by an enemy arrow. And they would do this to scare the enemy off. We read that the Spartans took that war cry a step further. They had a word, and it meant to bring pain, to bring woe, sorrow, and to raise a battle cry. They took that word and it became, And eventually, once they made it out into the battlefield and had protected it, LLU became HALU! We're about to do that. We're ready. All right, y'all ready? ready. And what they would do on many occasions before a sword was ever drawn by one of these men, as one in formation, Watch me, then wash, rinse, repeat. They would take their step toward the enemy line. One, two, three. No, that sounded like a sneeze. Let's back that up. All right. Let's back that up. Y'all going to get to the end of this message and ruin the whole deal. Now listen. Is y'all warriors or ain't you? We're ready. We're ready. Now I need to hear something come out of you the way your wife yells at you when you forgot to take out the trash again. Now let's see what you can do. It's one, two, three. My God. Now. Back it up. We're going to do it again. Back it on up. Come on back. Back it on up. Yep. Yep. That's a warrior right there. His shield bears the marks. 
damage shield. One, two, three. Now, now what I want to know is, did y'all drive all this way to just sit there in the bleachers? Or do you want to fight a little bit in the army of the Lord? That word, that utterance, which in its root verb, it meant to bring pain, to bring woe, to bring sorrow, to rape. I'm just going to say it like this. It's time to start whining about what the devil's doing. I'm ready to take the war to him. I'm ready to bring him some trouble. I'm ready to bring Satan some woe. I'm ready to bring Satan some sorrow. I want to know, is there a generation who's ready to go back to their city and make the devil wish he would have stayed in bed? Now, y'all said you're going to be a part of this army, right? Now, there's some people I don't want to fight beside. Because they say one thing and they do another. There's some people I don't want to ride the river with. That I don't want to go to battle with. But what I want to know is are the people standing in this room ready to engage with what I'm talking about? That word. Are y'all ready? Are you all ready? One, two, three. Back up. Part of the enemy line's breaking forward. What are we going to do? One, two, three. I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. Hell, you push us all you want to. But you better know something. We push back. Hell, you push us all you want. But we push back. I'm going to tell you what we're going to do. We're going to shout on it here in a minute. But I want to know, are there any young people ready to go home and stand side by side with your pastor? Come on up. Are there any young ladies who are going to go home and tailor your life after your pastor's wife? How many of us are in here? What do we got in here? 2,800, 3,000 people. By the time we finish that up, we'll have 3,500 tomorrow night and chairs outside. Now I'm going to tell you, if 2,800 people can make us sound like that. One, two, three. Oh! What would 10,000 sound like? 
what would an army sound like? I wonder if we would all go home to our churches and start fighting the fight like this. Shield to shield. Shoulder to shoulder. And Satan could hear all of our voices all over this nation. I'm going to tell you what it's going to do. It's going to send a message to the enemy. You know my favorite kind of battle with the enemy? The kind where he sees our strength and he says, I can't handle that. I'm going to go bother the next church. I can't tangle with that youth group. I'm going to go to the one down the street. I've tried to get into those young women with bickering and backlashing and selfies, but I can't break through on them. I'm going to move to the ladies down the street. I've tried to move in on those young men with jealousy and perversion and anger, but I can't break through their prayer line. I'm going to go on to... One, two, three. Uh, I'm going to tell you what it's going to do for the end time church. i tell you what it's going to do for the end time church. It's going to give you a reputation in hell. Hell is going to know what you sound like when you pray. Is going to know what you sound like when you shout. Hell is going to know what you sound like when you roar. Hallelujah. Come on, six rows back. Hallelujah. Eight rows. Ten rows back. All the way in the corner. Hallelujah. Y'all told me to preach. It's your fault. Revelation 12. That accuser. The accuser of the brethren. Bible says he accused them. Day. You know what that means in our Instagram street lingo? 24-7. Day and night. That's fine. That's fine, devil. You keep fighting. Because I still got my shield. That's fine, devil. Do what you got to do. Have your little playtime. I still got my prayer life. Do what you got to do, devil. I've still got the Holy Ghost down in my soul. Just like the Bible says, I've got the Holy Ghost down in my soul. Just like the Bible.
tu ser What I've been Through the water And I've been baptized And my soul Now I'm satisfied I wouldn't take nothing For my journey now Just like the Bible Just like the Bible Just like the Bible says Now I'm going to tell you what we're going to do right now We are going to shout we are going to stomp, 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 stomp on the devil. We're going to make that booger wish he wouldn't have got out of bed this morning. Satan, you might as well go bother the other things going on around the world right now. Because you can't touch Revolution Square. We are shield to shield. Shoulder to shoulder. I think it's time right now that we shout and let hell hear us. Come on, all the way in the back. All the way in the back. Come on, let's shout. It ain't time to give up. It's time to fight. It's not time to retreat. It's time to hold the line. Come on, shout with somebody. Shout with somebody. Hold the line. up in this place I don't normally feel it when I feel it in my bones there's a demonic presence that came with some young people tonight of isolationism you feel like you're all alone like nobody gets you like nobody loves you nobody understands you nobody knows what you're going through I rebuke that lie in the name of Jesus Because we're all in the same boat together. We're all going through the same stuff. It's just that everybody isn't as honest and open as you are. I'll tell you what you do this time. This time when we shout, you shout like you mean it. You shout like it's in your face, devil. You shout... Here's the deal. It's not just your life in the balance. He's just been hit by the enemy. What are y'all going to do? Protect him. Pick him up. Protect him. 
Look at that. Look at that. Where'd he go? Peekaboo, devil. We see you. It's not just your life. It's your brother's. You're not alone. You're not alone. Let's fight together. Let's fight together. Let's fight and have end time revival. are still there. That's why we didn't build an ocean. That's why we didn't build an ocean. We built a lake over there. Kayaks are still there. I'm going to tell you what it would behoove us to do on this first night and every service going forward. I know how it is. I went to meetings to find my baby too. Love you, baby. But I'm going to tell you them. See, I just did it again. It's my sword arm. I'm going to tell you the kind of mate, wife, husband, that you're looking for. You're looking for the kind that wants to see you messed up in the worship service. You don't want the one that wishes you still looked as handsome as when you walked in. I tell you what it would behoove us to do. Just get it out of the way this first night. I know you was eyeballing. I know you were. How you doing, buddy? Oh, there he is. Oh, adios mio. He is so he is so fine, girl. Here's what I think we ought to do in this first shout down of the of revolution. Quit worrying about what anybody thinks you look like. And get under the spout where the glory comes out. Like your life depended on it. Shout like we've got a battle to fight. Shout like we've got a war to win. Let's dance. Let's dance. You hear that, devil? Come with somebody. Oh, you've been running, running, running for a long time. Your time is winding up. You better make up your mind. It's getting late in the evening. Sun is going down. Fight! You better seek the Lord while he's I want to know Who's on the Lord's side Where do 